You're listening to the Geriatric Mamas Podcast with Jessica Raziri and Sonia Tapley. Like the level of panic when your cell phone is just stuck on frozen and your computer's frozen and there's nothing. <laughs> You're just staring at everything. That's what like, horror movies are from. Hayden has this new thing. Well, it's not really new, but he has this obsession with my cell phone. And so it's like, I feel like it's probably not a good thing. But of course, like whenever I just like need a fucking minute, I'm like, here's my phone. Fine. Just sit here with my phone, whatever. So I'm literally <laughs> locked out of my phone on the daily because he's mm-hmm. just pressing all this shit. And mm-hmm. it's like, sorry, that's the, that's the third failed attempt to your login. You're now mm-hmm. blocked for five minutes or whatever yeah. the hell it is. Yeah. So it's like, whenever I get my phone back, it's like, and you're locked out. I'm like, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I know one time. Cause I couldn't afford to do that with my phone. I gave Annabelle my iPad because I didn't need it. She locked me out for 24 hours. What? Mm-hmm. What do you have to do to get banned for 24 hours? I think she locked me out like 10 or 11 or 12 <laughs> times in a row. <laughs> There's this thing I saw, like, I don't know if it was like a TikTok or something, but somebody was showing how to lock the screen so that mm-hmm. way the kid can like play. Yeah, put, like, Tiffany baby sent or the video it. and it works on my phone and it doesn't I work on my phone. I can't figure it out though. I can't mm-hmm. figure out how to do it. Um, what phone I get do you have? There. It's an iPhone. Is it a 14? I don't, I don't know what the fuck it is. Because um, Mike's calls. phone won't do it. Mike's phone won't do it. Oh, it's an 11 Pro. Okay, I think that's why because that's what Mike has. I'm not and his fancy. Won't. His won't do it. It's really annoying. So speaking of cell phones and mm-hmm. using them as a distraction, so Annabelle still, like, as of a week and a half ago, wasn't, like, super happy about sitting down at restaurants and just having a calm and peaceful meal with her parents. Um, I mean, she was better than when we were in Dallas and she was running around like a rabid beast. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we went out for dinner on like Wednesday night and we put the phone in lock the way that we were just talking about. And we put on, um, Daniel Tiger cause she's been asking for that. And she sat there and watched it and was pretty much okay the whole time we were eating dinner. And then the next time we went, we went like for lunch on Saturday and she just sat there and didn't need Daniel Tiger. She just had a normal, calm, peaceful lunch And she ate and was totally fine. And I was just like, are we in the twilight zone right now? Did that just happen? We were just so happy and like congratulating her on being such a big girl. And then we went out for like cocktails on a patio where she likes to hang out. And we figured if we had a cocktail, she could have a Shirley Temple and some French fries. And she was the same. She was really good. But there were like a couple of girls that came over, little ones, and just kind of kept her occupied for a little while too. So that was helpful. But she was great. And then we went out for dinner on Sunday and she was great. And I'm like, oh my God, what? she's turning a new leaf. And she just knows it too. She's so proud of herself. She's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like to sit here and eat all the food with mom and dad and just chit chat. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. We're we savoring. haven't gone out mm-hmm. to eat in a while since, well, since I've gotten back to, well, have we? Yeah, since we've gotten back to Dallas, we haven't gone out to eat with Hayden. Um, but like, he's just like, he's, he's so fun to take to stores and stuff, mm-hmm. especially now that he can sit in the front cart 
And like, you know, he's just so good, like going to like restaurants and everything. He's just mm-hmm. like, he's at that age where he's just fun. Like everything's yeah. just so new and exciting. And, right. you know, he loves like smiling at people. He's such a little flirt. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I love that. I'm so happy. Yeah. Cause Annabelle was definitely drumming to her own beat. For oh, a bit yeah. there when it came to restaurants. <laughs> there so. was no comprehension that we were trying to sit down and eat food and just be no. civilized human beings. Well, Hayden has his first black eye. <sighs> Poor baby. Yeah. And I feel like it's my fault. Like, I feel like such an asshole. I didn't give him the black eye. Let me, <laughs> let me explain. Um, so he is on the couch. And, like, up until a few weeks ago, you could, like, sit him on the couch and he wouldn't go anywhere. He would just sit there. He's chill. Mm-hmm. Well, now he's just this little squirmy rolling around. Like, he's so close to crawling. So mm-hmm. he's just not wanting to sit put at all. Mm-hmm. And I was standing right here next to him and he's on the chase lounge and Gemma, when our bigger pug was kind of like blocking him in. So I honestly mm-hmm. have no idea how he did this, but I'm standing right here and I'm talking to Adam and like arms length away. Like I'm literally right next to him. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, next thing I know, they always say like, Oh, it looked away for a second or happened mm-hmm. so fast and it's so cliche but it's so fucking true mm-hmm. and all of a sudden next thing you know he's on the floor and i think he landed he was a slow fall but he landed just right and i'm pretty sure he landed kind of like like this so because mm-hmm. he has like a little cut on the butter bottom of his eye so i think like his like thumbnail caught the bottom yeah. of his eye and then his other finger like hit the top mm-hmm. part so he has this like it literally looks like he has like purple eyeshadow on uh-huh. like it's like above and then he has it's like below and yeah. it immediately showed up red and i'm just like staring at it i'm like are you fucking kidding me and i'm look, looking at him and i was like well maybe tomorrow it won't look so bad and he's just like yeah <laughs> no it's probably gonna look worse I'm like fuck <laughs> and then of course today it just looks worse. He's mm-hmm. as happy as can be. Like, you right. know, I, I soothed him, acknowledged that, like, I'm sure that was really, you know, scary. Um, and then he had an applesauce and it was like, it never happened. But of course I'm right. the one that's like freaking out. Right. And it's like, obviously, you know, kids get bruises, kids get hurt, but I feel like there's this like low key unsaid judgment that happens when like mm-hmm. you see a mother walking by with like her baby that has a bruise, especially mm-hmm. a black guy. It's like, yeah. what the fuck did you do to your child? You know? Yeah. It's like, I didn't do it. Right. No, I know. But yeah. Annabelle got a black eye from a mosquito bite last year and I brought her into my grandmother's house and my grandmother insta-balled like she just started tears just started flowing out of her eyes like she didn't even know what happened yet and I'm like Nana she got bit by a mosquito right under her eye and that was she was still only a year old so it her skin is very was very sensitive and those mm-hmm. things happen like they yeah. welled up really easily and I was like but so do falls Falls happen. Like, these are things Mike and I are always wondering kind of why people don't talk about that because there's, like, the age from, like, when they start toddling around, like, the crawling to toddling where they're not so sure what they can do and what they can't do, where they usually have about 10 to 15 bruises at any given time. And you are sitting right next to them every time it happens. And Mike's like, why don't people talk about these things? Because it was, it was awful when we were going through that stage. It was, I would cry 
every single time she hurt yeah. herself and it was a lot I definitely <laughs> teared up last night I felt so bad and he did that like cry that like I hadn't heard before because usually all his other cries are because he wants something or he's mm-hmm. tired or whatever this was like definitely that hurt you know right. cry it was that right. like long pause where he's like <gasps> yeah yeah <laughs> and i'm yeah. just like oh god and he just had this big frown on his face he was just yeah. like i felt so bad yeah and then he's so, like mom ugh. this applesauce is the best applesauce i've ever had <laughs> yeah. so much. well it's like you know adam and i because like adam's like he's like well he's kind of feeding off of your reaction and I'm sure he was, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but it also clearly fucking hurt him, right. too. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's all just me. Like, that's right. it hurt him. And I was reading somewhere that, you know, when kids fall, when kids get hurt or something happens and scares them, it's like our instant reaction is to be like, you're okay, you're okay, you're fine, right. or whatever, right. to try to get them to, like, be okay. But I was reading that it's like, in doing that, you're kind of, it's kind of confusing to them mm-hmm. because they're like, but that was really scary, you know? So it's right. like take a minute acknowledge like hey i'm sure that was so scary for you that would have scared me too but listen you're okay i'm mm-hmm. here you're gonna be okay you know and yeah. so like but it's like it's one thing to do that when they're older and they can understand mm-hmm. he's a baby he doesn't really know what the fuck i'm saying right and so i was trying to do that but i think like i probably was making it worse because mm-hmm. i was like extra coddling like i know that was scary i'm sure and Mm-hmm. And then Adam's just like, well, he's going to cry more when you're doing that. And he's mm. not wrong. So it's like to find that balance, you know, it's like yeah. just trying to do my fucking best. Okay. Right. It's, <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed it's to do. so hard. I think the majority of Mike and my arguments for the last two years has been because of those things. And I'm like, listen, when my baby is scream crying because she legit just hurt herself, I don't exactly in that moment have the self-control to not be super worried and yeah but I do the same thing I I feel like we read the same article because I 100% want her to know like not be told it's okay it's okay right first like you had a right to react that way I'm sure that was really scary you Mm -hmm. know let's give a minute to like feel that and then like let's try to make ourselves feel better (laughs) right Clearly, this is yeah. something we could talk about for days. So maybe I know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. we'll just quickly change the episode to <laughs> <laughs> bruises, bruises, bumps and bruises. <laughs> Today's episode is actually about postpartum stories. So you and I are going to go through our postpartum stories. Um, we've got a lot to share, so I'm kind of excited to get into it. What do you say? I am too. Cause like when I was asking people, like, you know, I was, I was truly trying to figure out what to expect. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there was like a big gap from the time that like you're wheeled back into the hospital room mm-hmm. to the time that like you're at home. It's like everybody just automatically like jumps to like what happens at home mm-hmm. and like the sleepless nights and this and that. And it's like, all of that is important, obviously, and I needed mm-hmm. to know that. But I feel like there was just so much that happened in between there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's not just baby, right? Like my body mm-hmm. went through some weird shit that I wasn't prepared for okay. um, too. So I think, you know, just kind of getting it all out there. And everybody's experience is obviously a little different. But I think just kind of like, I don't know, just hearing these stories and just kind of – I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I think it's helpful to hear from the time that you're wheeled back in the room 
mm-hmm. after having a C-section because both of us had C-sections. Um, so yours though was like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So mine, mine was, was scheduled. Yours was an emergency <laughs> C-section. Yeah, basically. mine was that an emergency C-section that was only be- happened because I was induced and I tried to mm-hmm. have her naturally, sort of. Yeah. So by the time. I went in for my surgery. I was already <laughs> super swollen and super nauseous from, you know, all the other medications that were going through my body. And I know you were nauseous, like, and after you your like, surgery. You hadn't really, like, slept much, hadn't really right. eaten much or anything right. in, like, days at this point, too. So you're right. also, like, right. mentally was, and physically <laughs> was, had you gone know, Top it. notch. I was top notch <laughs> physically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So basically in the operating room, I was already saying that I felt like I was going to pass out and, like, I was nauseous. So they gave Annabelle straight to Mike and I just, like, gave her a kiss and then made sure he was – the only one that was going to really hold her out of the two of us, he knew that that was what was going to happen. So they wheeled us back to our room. And I just, I mean, this was two years ago now. So I just remember still feeling super nauseous when I got back to the room. So I would hold Annabelle for a few seconds. I would have her latch for like maybe, you know, did she again. latch right away? Did she like yes. know what to do? Yeah, mm-hmm. she latched right away. She was definitely, I mean, she was, you know, since she was two weeks late, she kind of did everything she needed to do within the first couple minutes. You <laughs> basically gave birth pee. to a toddler. I did. She went pee. <laughs> she went poop. She smiled. She said, Hey, mom, what's up? I want to eat now. <laughs> so I'm like good thing you know what you're doing because I feel really sick (laughs) so I would hold her for like a couple minutes that felt like two seconds and then I would give her back to Mike and then I would be like can I have her back and I would hold her for a couple minutes and then finally the nausea went away they gave me something for it I can't remember what the medicine was called but they gave me something for the nausea and then I was able to hold her and I just um I just remember how long did they make you sorry how long did they make you wait before they gave you the nausea the nausea medication like how long were you nauseous for before they finally gave you something well i was nauseous going into the operating room and of course they didn't want to do anything about it there they said that as soon as we got back to the room they would give it to me so they just as soon as we got back to the room they gave me the pills and Mm. i just downed it and hoped for the best how about yeah. you? Yeah, that was not my my fucking story. No, so I was annoyed. Yeah, that got an f bomb because I, I this was like the one thing like mine mine is very smooth. Like yeah. as people know that have been listening from the start, mine was a plan C section, so mm-hmm. I went in feeling great. But what annoyed me is that um, I told them from the beginning that I get. I get violently nauseous from um, anesthesia. Like I just, Mm -hmm. it it just happens. And I was told that like, well, this is different. This isn't you going completely under. Usually the people get nauseous. It's from like when they're waking up or whatever, this is going to be different. And I'm just like, okay, but it usually just, you know, in my experience, it's really bad. They're like, okay, well, we'll give you something to make sure that that doesn't happen. So I was under the impression that they're going to give me something. Cause you know, sometimes I've had surgeries where they can give you something along with mm-hmm. the like you know the um the drugs or whatever to make it so that you don't get nauseous after right. well, i don't think that was the case um 
And so then they, like, after they got, brought me back to the room, it's all kind of a blur to me. But I just remember, like, immediately I was nauseous. I was throwing up constantly. I couldn't mm-hmm. stop throwing up. And I didn't have anything in me because I had been told not to eat or drink or anything. Right. So I was, like, dry heaving, which hurt even more. Yeah. And, I like, same as you. I wanted to hold them, but I couldn't. I was afraid I was going to drop them. And yeah. I felt like I had to, like, ask them because they're – I was like, I need something for the nausea. I need something for the nausea. And I kept asking, kept asking. And then it was like, it felt like it took forever for finally the doctor to come in and be like, okay, yeah, we'll get you something for the nausea. I'm like, that like, thanks. Like, why wasn't that a priority? It annoyed (laughs) me because like I had told them from the start that this was going to happen. And so I would have, I just wish that I would have thought that they would have been more prepared for that. You know, like I fucking told you. So I felt like I had to wait. They had me waiting like, a significant amount of time. I feel like it was several hours before right. I finally got it. I mean, clearly new moms just want to be with their babies. So I, I know like being proactive about it would have been a lot more helpful. Right. Like I get why exactly. they couldn't with me, but for you, I think mm-hmm. definitely you could have had it a little bit earlier. Yeah. Maybe you're not supposed to have it for surgery, but maybe after, you know? Well, maybe it's like something to do with like the baby. Like maybe they didn't want to like that to get into the baby's bloodstream. So I can understand like the before, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, or like the during or whatever, but like after, fucking give it to me. Right. <laughs> like, <I> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So. You know, but everything was really great with Annabelle um, at the hospital. She was amazing. I, on the other hand, was swollen. Like the only way that I know how to describe it is, you know, like those dummies that are on the side of the roads that are like blown up with air, um, that <laughs> yeah. just like dance around on the yes. side of the road for businesses. Yes. That's what my body was like, except for <laughs> instead of air, it was just full of water. I was jiggling. My legs were the size of my torso in terms yeah, of I had width. no knees. I had no, no knees and no ankles. Like no. it was just like one giant tree trunk from like my thigh mm-hmm. all the way down to my feet. Mm-hmm. It, was it was awful. It was unlike anything I've ever experienced physically in my life. I would just look down at my legs and not even believe that those were mine. And the nurses would come in and just like, oh yeah, no, I mean, that's totally normal. You are pretty swollen, but that's <laughs> totally normal. <laughs> Yeah. And at that point, like, sometimes I just wanted to go into the next room over and check the other person's legs to see (laughs) if they were really, if it was really normal. Like, is this for real? Right. Yeah. I had, um, I had really bad swelling leading Mm -hmm. up. And, like, one thing that I had also got was, um, I'm probably going to say this incorrectly, but it was like plantar fasciitis or something like that it's like underneath your foot it kind of affects like the heel and like the bottom Mm -hmm. of your foot it feels like you're walking on like your the nerves or the muscles in your feet are like rubber bands Mm -hmm. and they're gonna like snap like as Mm -hmm. you're walking they hurt so bad and so that was like something that like really really was like really painful along with like the carpal tunnel and then right after I had Hayden I don't know if it was like all the pain meds that I was on or whatever Mm -hmm. I was still but I remember getting up to like go to the bathroom and I was like, oh, my feet don't hurt. <laughs> like it yeah. was like just crazy how <laughs> it was like amazing. right away. Yeah. Yeah. But now that I think about it, I was like, I'm wondering if it was the pain meds that I was on made it so it didn't hurt. <laughs> but I just remember that was like, oh, yes, finally I can walk. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, maybe yeah. it was. But 
Now, did you take the good pain medicine or did you take the Tylenol and ibuprofen? Oh, I fucking took the good shit. You told oh, me. You're like, yeah. you're like, don't try to be a hero. Just take the good stuff. Right. I took the good stuff. Good. I yeah. tried to I be a like, hero feel, and that's I why I told you shit. not to do it because as soon as I got home from the hospital and I was walking around our house and, you know, trying to take care of the baby and myself and um, everything the Tylenol and ibuprofen were just not cutting it anymore. In fact, yeah, like no. less than 24 hours after leaving the hospital, I called the doctor's office bawling my eyes out saying I should have followed your advice and taken whatever it is <laughs> that they give you that's stronger. They, um, I think I was taking the Tylenol ibuprofen and plus it was like hydrocodone or whatever yeah, and I think that they gave me. That's what um, you're supposed to do. Did they make do. you walk around in the hospital too? Like, were you having to a like... A little bit, but not mm. not a lot. We lived in the chapel when we had mm. Annabelle, so our floor was probably... I mean, the bottom of our house was probably as big as the wing that we were in. Yeah. So, the entire wing. Yeah, I just remember walking um, up and down the... <laughs> <laughs> I just remember walking up and down like the hallway and there was like, you know, I'm wearing like not the hospital gown that they gave me, but I had bought like one of those special like hospital gowns or whatever. Um, and it did snap in the back because it was actually intended for like, you know, this is where they put the epidural and stuff like mm -hmm. that. It was actually meant for birthing or whatever. And so I like had it to what I thought to be all snapped and I'm like walking, like pushing like the cart with Hayden and Adam's walking next to me. And then I feel like this like hand like on my back and like Adam's yeah. just like trying to like fix me. Apparently I hadn't like snapped at all. So I had this like giant like diaper <laughs> like just <laughs> walking down the fucking hall. Oh Don't my gosh. <laughs> it's so funny that he was like actually trying to like fix Help it for out. you. That's so yeah. nice. So, like, <laughs> she's a mess <laughs> yeah yeah i mean no. i just like my oh god another thing people did warn me about this but like it's one thing to be told about how frequently the nurses come in but it's another thing to experience it like mm -hmm. all those tiktoks and like the reels you see of them like mocking like the night nurses coming mm -hmm. in and out like oh let me just gonna check one thing oh i'm just gonna check one thing oh yeah. hi how are you i'm back let's <laughs> take your vitals oh it's time for your medicine that's yeah. fucking real that right. is so fucking real it's right. like every hour on the hour they're coming in they're waking you up you finally fall asleep then you're woken up again and mm -hmm. some of them are like really like um really nice they'll leave the lights off and they just kind of they're being very like quiet and being courteous and mm -hmm. then you have others that literally like whip open the curtain turn on the lights like yeah. no fucking and you're just like are you kidding and then it would be like the worst mm -hmm. is like then it's like it all night of this so you're not getting any sleep and then like the next morning like so how did you sleep did you get any rest and it's like Bitch, I was just talking to you 45 minutes ago. You fucking know I wasn't sleeping then. And I wasn't sleeping a half hour before then. And I wasn't sleeping an hour before then. So what mm -hmm. do you fucking think? Like, we went right. through this all the whole... Like, I was in, with you in your entire night shift. Like, you right. were in my room. Like, right. no, I didn't sleep. <laughs> oh, my God. That drove me yeah. insane. No, they wanted, to take, <laughs> they wanted to take Annabelle to the nursery because every time they came in, she was on me and I was trying Same. to feed her because I wanted to make sure that my milk came in and everything and I was because it, it was clear she wasn't really getting a lot so I was trying yeah. to just make all of that happen and not just try it every two hours because that doesn't really work when you're trying to have your mm -hmm. meal come in and it was like they they knew that but they 
didn't really care. They wanted me to, to sleep and they wanted to take mm-hmm. Annabelle. And I was like, um, actually, no, I am all set. I'm just going to keep her on me. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay. Um, I got really lucky with one of the nurses that was overnight because she was, she fully understood all of that and everything. But I mean, a couple of them were like, no, you really need to get sleep. And they were kind of, and Mike was just like, yeah. okay, we're all I set. I was like, I got really pissed towards the end because um, I felt like they everybody just kept trying to make me put my baby down, mm-hmm. you know, and all I wanted to do was just sit there and hold him. Right. And like, that's all I wanted to do. Like, I knew I wasn't going to get any sleep. I was okay with it. And I just wanted to sit there and hold him, you know, right. and kind of the same thing too. I was trying to get my milk to come in. So I was mm-hmm. constantly trying to, you know, just be available for him. And, um, he latched right away. Like mm-hmm. I joke that like he taught me how to breastfeed cause he yeah. just like knew right away what to do, which is <laughs> yeah. like that whole concept is just so cool in itself yes. that the baby just like knows. You right. Know? Exactly. Um, but I had like, I finally, it was like, I don't know, the second night there, and it was just like constant, put your baby down, put your baby down, put your baby down. And let me take him from you. Let me take him from you. And then I literally like, I think I was like sleep deprived. I wasn't feeling well, like obviously just got mm-hmm. through this like fucking surgery. And I just had like a meltdown and I was just like, I'm like, they're like, w- um, like here, let me take your baby. Like what? And I like literally snapped and I felt so bad, but I was like, I'm like, what I need from people is to stop telling me to put my fucking baby down. Right. Like I have waited four years to be holding my baby in this moment right now. Mm-hmm. I've experienced loss. I've spent a lot of money on like treatment mm-hmm. on, on fertility treatments. I'm finally here. This is my moment. This is my time. And all I want to do is hold my baby. And all I keep being told is to put my baby down. And mm-hmm. I do not want to do that. So right. what's helpful for me is to not fucking tell me to put my baby down. Right. Like, I'm going to hold my baby. Leave right. me alone. Yeah. Like, and I know like it was coming from a good place from them. They obviously want me to recover. They want me to heal. And they know that like, once you go home, you're not going to like get much sleep. And so I think I, I know that they think they're being helpful, but it's like, I just wish that they would like learn a little bit better to like read the room. You mm-hmm. know, and it's like, it's like, I, I'm very much aware, like I'm an, I'm an older mom. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, like I get it. Like I'm not yeah. like in, in my twenties where I'm just like, Oh, whatever, you know, like it's fine. Mm-hmm. Not saying that all moms are like, that but you know it's just what i'm saying is that like i'm a little bit wiser than your 20 Mm -hmm. year old you know i understand that i'm not going to get any sleep i understand that this needs to happen so if i say that i want to hold my baby in this moment fucking Mm -hmm. let me hold my baby in this moment right (laughs) right oh my god that drove me insane i right god that was like one thing that like it was pissing me off like no other yeah I mean, I would like when we left the hospital, we left a day earlier than we needed to because of all that stuff. I kind of had a meltdown, but it was more internal and it came out slightly only with Mike when no one else was in the room. And I just expressed Mm -hmm. to him exactly like what you were saying. But so then he kind of like tried to start talking to the lactation specialist and the nurses that kept coming in. Um because it just was too much. And I was just like, we're, mm-hmm. we're going home because I want to be able to just hold and breastfeed my baby without people coming in, making sure she doesn't have like, what is it, like the tongue twist? The lactation specialist oh, kept saying, the, yeah, people the, kept like um, taking her off of me tie, saying um, that. Yeah. Tongue yeah. tie. It's a is tongue that what tie. It is? Yeah. Yeah. So the lactation specialist thought she had a tongue tie for some reason. Uh, 
and she just basically kept saying that she's not getting anything and all this stuff and I could feel that she was getting something by the time we left um and again that was still for having a c-section and induction and all that to her, for her to be getting something at two days was mm-hmm. really good so I felt like we were doing really well in terms of that and then for people to keep coming in telling me that I needed to put the baby down I was just like we need to get out of here leave me alone right so they let us go and they let us go and then I ended up needing the pain meds and ended up going back the day after to have them check my incision and get the pain meds that I needed and Mm -hmm. um from then on out like I was pretty much I was pretty much fine, but I will say when they, when I went back in to the hospital to have them check my incision, I still had like that. It's like almost like a rubbery plastic thing that they put over me like directly after and Mm -hmm. they didn't take it off or let it air out or anything at the hospital. And I was like, okay, that's fine. But then when we got home, it started to feel really sore and like maybe that shouldn't be there but i wasn't positive Hmm. did you have that on your incision so i didn't i remember you saying something like that to me and i even bought those gauzes the gauze stuff that you had recommended but like i didn't need any of that so i had like i had where they stitched me up Mm -hmm. and then there was like this um plastic it was like a clear band-aid almost that was like over the wrappings, mm-hmm. yeah. but it didn't like hurt or itch or anything. Yeah. Like it was fine. And I was told to leave it on for, I think seven days or something yeah. like that. And then I could take it off. Um, but yeah, I didn't have yeah. any issues with it and it wasn't irritating and I didn't touch so it. So it's so crazy because the doctor that I saw when I went back in for pain medicine took it off and told me I needed to air it out. So I think that was mm. kind of an indication that it was, that rubber wasn't necessarily helping anything and it was getting hot under there and it was weird because like right after I got home and I was like airing out one of my friends from work messaged me because she ended up finding out that I had to have an emergency c-section and she was like oh my god Sonia I'm so sorry to hear I know you wanted to have her naturally she's like she opened up to me and she was like just let you know after I had my first baby I ended up with an infection in my incision because they had me keep that original wrap on and I really needed to be airing it out. But then one of our other friends um, had recommended these gauze pads and they're specifically for C-sections and they just, you can kind of like gently tape them onto Mm -hmm. the area and it just keeps everything like cool, soft, dry and prevents you know, any infection from happening, it still lets the air in so the skin can breathe and heal properly. Um, But she basically just like got those in the mail to me as fast as possible. And it was amazing. So Hmm. good to have. So I think it sounds like you might have had like some kind of infection. Yeah, Um, it was because I I think it was starting yeah or anything i didn't feel anything um yeah in fact i remember when i was i had the green like to take the bandage off like i felt weird taking it off Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. um but yeah i didn't have any issues with it whatsoever um that's good we were in the hospital for i want to say three days Mm -hmm. um 
we were basically, we probably could have gone home a little earlier, but um, we were kind of like, we joked that we were like running away from jaundice because <laughs> his levels were like right on the verge where it was mm-hmm. like, it might be jaundice, but might not. Um, and so we were thinking we had a supplement with a little bit of formula, but then like my milk came in finally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, we were literally like, our lactation specialist was amazing. She stayed up with me like all night, one night. And we were literally just like pumping and really trying to get my milk to flow. And then it Mm -hmm. finally did. And so we were able to give him some. And I was like, I'm not against giving him formula. Like, it's fine. We can give him some formula. Like I'm not, I wasn't, I wasn't about to put that pressure on myself, you know, like let's give him what he needs first and foremost. It's fine. Um, And so I think we gave him a little bit of formula. So we were kind of doing a combination of formula, supplementing with formula and what I was able to have um, Mm -hmm. come through. And we like, it was like that next morning was like the deciding factor if we can go or not. And he went to check his levels again and he came back and he was fine. He was Mm -hmm. in the clear. We're like, yay. But it was like that night he was right on the, on the verge, the borderline of it. We're just like, oh my God. I'm like, I just want to fucking go. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. My God. Yeah. When we got home for Annabelle, we also started supplementing with formula just to make sure that when we brought her in for her next appointment, she was gaining the weight that would make everyone feel comfortable because I was comfortable. I knew that at first babies do lose a little bit of weight because they're waiting for that breast milk to come in but I mean she weighed seven pounds 14 ounces and she was 19 inches so she was a little chunky she had the rolls (laughs) so (laughs) I knew she was for sure gonna drop some of that but it wasn't gonna be an issue for her long term and so we did supplement but it again it was mainly just to make sure that she wasn't dropping too much and then the doctor getting worried um, mm-hmm. when we brought her in for her appointments and then um, we experienced some colic symptoms because you know her tummy was made for the amount of milk she would get from breast milk not like the constant feeds of two ounces and then like the bubbles from just quickly making the bottle and all that so we experienced some serious colic the first couple of days of being home and so instead of sleeping when the baby was sleeping Mike and I would just be holding her and googling how to help a baby with colic and we learned all of these things that just were so helpful what is colic it's when the baby has the same as gas yes it's gas it's Gas from just ingesting bubbles. And a lot of people don't realize it's from ingesting. So then Hayden, I guess, was colicky too. He he had like really bad gas pain. Yeah. And they just like Um, tighten up and they get mm -hmm. so upset. That's what, yeah, that's what he, like, it was like the first, my God, it's like all a blur. But I think it was like the first six weeks of his life. It was just all, it was a lot of tears were shed. Like he was just so upset. And and I could tell it's because he was uncomfortable and he was in pain Mm -hmm. and it was just like all gas. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Poor little baby. I know. It's really heartbreaking, especially when they're that tiny and they, you know. Well, because it's it's like like, they don't know. Like, I just, like, 
kept putting myself in his shoes. I'm like, you know, when I get gas, like mm-hmm. it can hurt sometimes and your stomach right. hurts. Imagine like being a baby and not, and like you're new to this world. All of a sudden your stomach hurts. You don't know why it hurts. You don't know mm-hmm. how to relieve yourself to make it not hurt. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. a lot. Like I just felt so bad and nothing was working. We were like trying all these different, like different, like o- essential oils and drops mm-hmm. and, and nothing was really working. We tried a little bit of gripe water that seemed to give him a little bit of re- relief, but mm-hmm. it was just like it was just a band-aid it wasn't mm-hmm. you know right. it was it just kind of made him a little bit more comfortable yeah so he could fall asleep but it, you know it definitely was the first six weeks and it wasn't until he his his digestive system grew a little bit more right. to handle stuff better right. that he he was better but right. oh my god it was exactly. i felt so bad for him it was awful yeah we basically there were so many different things that we found and we just put them all together in terms of information and she ended up being totally fine. We reduced her feeds from two ounces to one ounce. We let that the formula sit um, for at least 10 minutes before giving it to her to let the air kind of come out and we would Mm -hmm. cradle her with her head and her neck upwards to make sure it went all the way down um and we would keep her like cradled like that for a few minutes to let it digest and then we would move on to burping her completely straight up in our arms and um we would just make sure we didn't lay her down for a while just making sure everything like was you know working through the system and mm-hmm. um trying to remember if there was anything else i think that was really it just mainly making sure we didn't get too many air bubbles in there we weren't feeding her so much that her body couldn't handle it and um keeping her upright to keep everything down and that was just a miracle because it was just instant relief for her it never really happened again after we put all of those things together Mm -hmm. and if we did accidentally forget one step like a couple times because we were tired or busy or doing too many things at once then we would notice a little bit of it coming back so we knew that all the steps we were taking was working for her and i Mm -hmm. even bought like the gripe water and i bought like these probiotics like we were Mm -hmm. yeah we were doing a probiotic we were Mm -hmm. doing gripe water like nothing was nothing was working at all and like the bottles that i had had for him oh my god they were so fucking annoying (laughs) why if we end up having baby number two i'm doing completely different bottles but they were um the nano babe bottles and they're literally Mm -hmm. shaped like a fucking boob and so like they were like these like it's like a bowl Mm kind of like is what it looks like it's literally a bowl a a boob yeah Yeah. and so like (laughs) it was kind of hard to have him sitting up and feeding Mm -hmm. because then he's not he's not getting it. It right. literally had to be, you know? Right. And so I was like, I was trying to deal with that with like getting him to, because I was so afraid. I was told that, Oh, well, if you give the baby the bottle, then they're going to be confused for your, mm-hmm. you know, going back and forth between like breastfeeding and the bottle. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to confuse him. And so I literally like made sure I had these special, um, uh, bottles that were intended mm-hmm. for breastfed babies so that they, yeah. you know, it was less confusing. Honestly, I don't think he would have fucking cared. I think he yeah. would have actually gone back and forth between a regular bottle and my boob. I think it's all marketing. I think it's bullshit. Right. Um, because that was like so hard. Like he, the only way to get like him to get any milk out of those bottles was to have mm-hmm. him being laying flat down. Right. And it was just like, 
And right. now he prefers it, but his body is like big enough to handle it. Right. But it's he just can, like, oh my God. Yeah. So Newborn funny. stage is so mm-hmm. interesting. So many things that One they're thing learning that, like, and we're learning. You know, I feel like a lot of um, people, you know, it's so common for people to be like, oh, get ready for those sleepless nights. And they kind of mm-hmm. say it in like a negative way. And I had heard that so much that it's like, you know, I am ready. And I know that like, mm-hmm. no matter how much you do to prepare, it's, you can't be prepared for how exhausted you're going to be. But I, what, what people don't really talk about is like, I, I cherish those moments that I had with him mm-hmm. at three, 4 a.m. where the right. whole house is quiet and it's dark and it's just him and I, and he's mm-hmm. just staring at me. And it's just like this beautiful moment of us sitting together in his rocker mm-hmm. in his room quietly. Mm-hmm. Like I would love, I would go back to those moments in right. a heartbeat. Yes. I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was mentally and emotionally drained, right. but like it didn't matter, you know, like he could have been like, crying nonstop for hours on end Mm -hmm. and then it's like you have those moments where he just looks at me and smiles or just doesn't even have to smile you know just staring up at me and it's just like it was just so precious and sweet Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah you are going to be tired it is going to be exhausting it is going to take a toll on your body but i i hate that that often overshadows how beautiful that those moments are too. Right. Because it's like, I, I literally tried soaking up every single one of those moments. Cause I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to look back and be like, Oh my God, I was exhausted. I want to look back and like, remember, but how sweet that was, you right. know? So, right. um, so that's just like, if I could give any advice to anybody out there and, or, or not really advice, but just like letting them know, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's going to be hard. Right. You know, everybody, that's the first thing people are going to tell you, but it's also really beautiful and it's really sweet. And right. allow yourself to really, you know, get feel that moment and, mm-hmm. and create a, a beautiful memory because right. that's just something that I'll have forever, which is really right. sweet. Exactly. Yeah. And I love when, you know, at first, I think a lot of parents and grandparents are kind of annoyed by like when babies can only fall asleep when they're on one of their parents and because I would be told um if you keep letting her fall asleep on you like that she's gonna be spoiled and she's never gonna be able to sleep if she's not on you and I was doing the attachment parenting style I know we talked about that in the parenting style episode um and so for me I didn't really mind that she was sleeping on me because I knew that that wouldn't last forever. And if it did, I actually didn't care, like whatever. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I really cherished that she felt most comfortable when she was on me sleeping. Mm -hmm. And it just makes sense to me because she came out of my stomach like and then, you know, mm-hmm. why would she want to just kind of be by herself in a crib or a pack and play or a um, bassinet, well, you know? Well, isn't it like the first, like, few weeks or the first couple of months, they don't mm-hmm. understand that they're not in right. their bellies they anymore? Right, they think they're, like, part of you still. Yeah, they still think they're a part of us. So, like, how confusing to suddenly be right. in this, like, <laughs> right. you know, room completely by yourself. Right. We had, um, I was kind of doing that, too, like, Hayden would always be napping with me on the couch Mm -hmm. um but i also have sonia was so gracious to send us her bassinet so Mm -hmm. we were using that that bassinet is downstairs so we would have his bassinet downstairs um 
right next to me. So he was constantly with us at all times. And then when he was like old enough, um, and we would literally just having him just be like napping on the couch also. Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't until he started getting a little bit older where he was like easily distracted, like by the dogs or whatever that we started moving him, you know, to upstairs Mm -hmm. or whatever. But even then, you know, he stayed, he had the bassinet attached to our bed until Mm -hmm. I think it was like, you know, seven or eight months. So, um, we were doing a variation of that as mm-hmm. well. He didn't, he wasn't ever too far from us, but now he sleeps in a, the crib by himself. Mm-hmm. He loves his crib. It's so sweet. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I look back through my phone at like all those like photos, like, um, of, you know, my, like, I'm so glad I took them too. Cause I remember like taking these selfies and being like, Oh God, I look disgusting. And it's like, who cares? You know? Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, it's so sweet though to like look back and just see this little baby on my chest and mm-hmm. like, he's just so tiny. And mm-hmm. I'm just so glad that I captured those moments because you know, yeah. your memory can only take you so far. Right. Us geriatrics exactly. need all the help we can get to remember <laughs> shit. Exactly. <laughs> Were you swollen? Were you swollen? Oh my God. Yes. So I thought that I was going to have the baby and then like, it was going to be like a couple giant peas Mm -hmm. and then it was going to be great and it was going to go away. Well, first of all, actually speaking about the peas um, (laughs) before I get into being swollen, was your pea orange at all? No. After? No. And you were telling me that. And I, I know you were telling me about that and I Googled it and I was searching and searching for probably like 20 minutes and I couldn't find anything about giving birth in orange pee. It almost was like, it was almost like bloody pee almost. Like, I don't know what the hell, but it was like scary. It was like Mm -hmm. alarming. It was just like, I just remember it was like really dark red or whatever. And they were like, don't be alarmed. It's going to be like whatever color. And I'm like, that's fucking weird. So clearly Um, they knew what was was going on because there's there's nothing on Google about it. But I had no idea. I don't know if it was like, it was like the color of like iodine almost. Like it was just like weird, but So, yeah, so, um, but I thought that I was going to have, like, a few really giant peas, and Mm -hmm. then, like, my body would come back, you know, because I'm like, oh, I'm just really swollen with water. It's fine. This is all going to go away, Um, because I look the freaking Michelin man, Um, but that was not the case. Not only did it not go away right away, but it literally, so I had Hayden in October. Mm -hmm. Come December, I still had swelling in December. Yeah. Like it wasn't until even in February when you came out here, mm-hmm. I was still a little swollen. It had gone mm-hmm. down significantly, but yeah. I was still a little swollen. Like it took a while. Right. And it was like I was trying to go for walks as much as I could. I was trying to like, you know, move around. I was trying to drink a ton of water. Um, but yeah, it took it took a while for all of that to go down. Yeah. Um, and I was even like breastfeeding too. And so because I heard that like that'll help. That wasn't why I was breastfeeding, but I was breastfeeding as well. Um, but yeah, I was swollen for for quite a while. Yeah. It's so weird because it took me at least it took me at least a couple of weeks. It might have taken longer. Um, but once the Michelin Man effect was over, I feel like I probably thought most of the swelling was gone, even though there was still some left over. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was reading up on the lymphatic system even more after our birth story episode with Tiffany, I saw this thing about a girl who had just like a 
um, condition with her lymphatic system. And she had the same type of swelling as what you and I had. Did Tiffany have the same level of swelling as we did? I don't think it was, I mean, she'll say that it was bad, but right. she sent us photos and it definitely did not compare right. to what you and I. Right. Okay. That's what I thought. Like, That's what I her, thought. It was, for, to her, it was intense. Like she, right. she swelled up a lot for her, but it wasn't like, it wasn't at our level. Right. Okay. <laughs> so that got me thinking and wondering, I'm going to go back and try to find that article again. Um, but that got me thinking when I was reading it, I'm like, Hmm, I wonder if Jessica and I had this or if it was just because of all the water that Jessica had in her system. Because for me, they didn't add any extra water in my system unless it was yeah, I, I was actually like trying to Google why they would do that. And I have mm -hmm. no idea. There's no answers on that. that was There's no about. answers so, on orange pee. Yeah. So to kind of like tell people what we're talking about with the water. So um, Adam describes this better because obviously he watched them do it. Mm -hmm. So while I was on the operating table, I'm all opened up. And this is before they sewed me back together. He described it as they took like this metal pot and they filled it with a bunch of water. And then they just literally came over to my body and dumped this whole pot of water into me, like into my open wound in my stomach. Like, I don't know why they would have done this, but he mm -hmm. said that's what he, and I do remember hearing water dumping. I remember mm -hmm. hearing water. And then I remember after they sewed me up and they put me on the other bed, it was all wet over mm -hmm. there. So I don't know what the hell that was all about. I don't know if they were like, wow, she's really dehydrated. Let's just fill her up or oh, what God. the fuck it was. But it was like a lot of fucking water. Like, right. I, it, yeah. So I don't know if anybody's listening to this understands what the fuck they were doing. Right. <laughs> Please write in and tell us because right. I have no idea what that was all about. Right. <laughs> right. I don't either. I don't get it. It I don't makes know. me, I don't know it. But that just makes me like so queasy because I get queasy over things like that. Yeah. But then also <laughs> for my level of swelling, which sounds like it was the same as yours. And I think I saw, you know, you send us pictures and I sent you a couple pictures too. So I'm pretty sure we were at the same level of swell. So I'm not sure if mine was because they put more, like if my um, IV drip was going faster mm -hmm. than maybe what it needed to go to keep me hydrated. I'm wondering if they gave me too much. Because in the article that I was reading that the girl posted she had this excess swelling, I guess they had the IV drip going too fast for her. Hmm. And she didn't really need it. But I remember after surgery, I had to have my catheter in longer than most people would. Because there was just so much water that my bladder was filling up so fast and I still couldn't feel it because of the epidural. Whereas most mm -hmm. people's bladders probably wouldn't be filling up so fast um, because they didn't have so much water in their system. So they definitely kept the catheter in for me. They said longer than they normally would for other people. So I'm wondering if I just had too much in my IV. But even though I was peeing that much, I was still extremely swollen. So after even like four months postpartum, I still had a little bit of swelling, but I wasn't super aware of it. And my hormones had even tried to regulate themselves by four months at that point. Did you so. use um, the, so they gave me like those, like um, the belly bands to try mm -hmm. to help like push things back in. It's kind of like a corset. Did they give you that at all? No, they didn't, the but I've heard about them. Yeah. Yeah. I was using that for a while. Um, it was supposed to like help like push your help your organs, organs kind of go back to where they're supposed mm -hmm. to be. Um, one thing that I'm surprised about though, also that no one told me about um, after a C-section, I'm still numb down there. 
Mm-hmm. Like I still have like, yeah. like I like I still have like my baby my baby pooch, mm-hmm. which I'm like like waiting to go away one day. Mm-hmm. But I haven't done anything to make that make it go away. I'm just hoping <laughs> that it just goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all numb. It's like numb. Mm-hmm. Like it, I feel it, but it still feels kind of like like there's some parts mm-hmm. of the skin in there that's just like a numb feeling. Right. You're you're two years over two years out. Is your yeah. still numb? Did that happen? No, to but you? it did last for it did last for a really, really long time. So it probably lasted for at least nine months. And I would say, yeah, cause I I'm can't on remember. 10 months and it's right. still, right. Still I don't numb. remember when the numbness went away, but I yeah. thought I would it's always It's just be weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a really weird feeling. <laughs> right. Like I just like grab my like chub and mm-hmm. it's like, I sort of feel myself grabbing it, but like yeah. not really. And I'm just like, well, this it's ever go away feeling so weird so weird <laughs> yeah the chronicles of That's a crazy mom. <laughs> my god so I know. many things it's like i you know on one hand obviously like the recovery from a c-section is a lot because mm-hmm. you know they're cutting through what six layers mm-hmm. um to get the baby out and it's a pretty it's a pretty actually intense surgery when you really think about it they actually take the uterus out of the body mm-hmm. um and like the, she was like, oh my god, that was another thing too. Um, my OB was telling me that my uterus was really tired, and because the way that Hayden was pushing on my uterus, like it was just really like exhausted. Is mm-hmm. how she, and she said that it wasn't contracting, and mm-hmm. she had to literally massage my uterus mm-hmm. with her hands before putting it back in to get it to like contract again on its own because it just wasn't contracting. Wow. I'm like, ew! First of all, what the right. fuck? Right. Yeah, so it's just like it's just so gross though, but it's like such a crazy like it's gross, but it's also like such a crazy like phenomenon, you know, right. that they're the able way to the body do this. Works. Like literally and, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna take part of this woman out of her body and like it's just mm-hmm. crazy. But it's like I share all that to say, like, even though going through all of that, like the thought of like waiting for my hoo-ha to heal mm-hmm. and having like, mm-hmm. you know, like stitches in my mm-hmm. vagina, like because it ripped open to my asshole. Could you yeah. fucking imagine? No. I feel like I would rather deal with my hoo-ha being great and just having like a <laughs> giant hole in my stomach. Right. Sorry. <laughs> on like- my, I mean, sorry, Jess, like on my end, our listeners are going to hear me trying to breathe through this conversation because I <laughs> just the thought of skin tearing bothers me so much but for some reason i was totally like let's do this whole natural birth thing with no epidural and now just thinking about all of that happening i can't even it makes me want to pass out sometimes thinking about it not that what we went through is really a whole lot better especially given another thing that like um you know i wasn't really like i didn't realize because I had gone through it had been like four years of like Mm -hmm. various different types of like fertility medications and all this stuff and so my hormones had been like out of whack for a while and I honestly just didn't know Mm -hmm. and then you know you then you get pregnant and then that brings all kinds of other craziness to your hormones and then breastfeeding Mm -hmm. you know and you're still like your hormones are still crazy and then when I finally stopped breastfeeding I I went to about four months um, but Mm -hmm. I had banked up a lot so he was still on it till about like six months Um, but then when I stopped breastfeeding at four months um, it took about like a month after and all of a sudden I just remember one day being like wow Mm -hmm. like this is what it feels like to like Mm -hmm. be normal again Mm -hmm. like it was like the first time in like 
so long that I actually mm-hmm. felt like myself. Like I mm-hmm. felt like I had like energy. I mm-hmm. felt like just more positive about things. I was like yeah. less weepy about stuff. Um, so yeah, so all the fertility stuff aside, you know, it does take a while for your hormones to get back into check. Um, right. It can take longer than people realize, especially right. if you're breastfeeding, but not even necessarily like everybody's body is different. And it's just like, you know, give yourself, give yourself some grace. Like mm-hmm. it will get better, you know? And, yeah. and it's one of those things that you don't realize it for me. I didn't realize how bad I had been feeling until I, till I started feeling great and mm-hmm. more like myself. And right. then I look back and I'm like, Oh my God, like I had been, I had no sex drive. I just mm-hmm. wasn't like, you know, I was just yeah. moody, like my shit was all over the place. And yeah. so, yeah, I don't think I can take have a minute gotten back to feeling better. <laughs> I think you've, I think you, you yeah, probably still just, don't a hundred percent, but you, but I've noticed a change in you. Like, it seems like you're, yeah, to I me, think, I've noticed you right. seem better. I think it's like, it goes in waves. I think like just like monthly for me, my hormones, are still on such huge ups and downs that I know now when I'm going to have like a down and when I'm going to have an up because I've kind Mm -hmm. of been doing a lot of research on how the cycles affect the mood and by cycle I mean our menstrual cycle so I've been kind of just trying to schedule my life and my conversations as much as possible (laughs) (laughs) around Mm -hmm. that I mean not literally but just kind of giving myself grace in terms of how my hormones are going to be because you can't control your hormones even when you're on birth control as a form of like hormone control you're not Mm -hmm. really controlling them so yeah I think just kind of knowing where I'm going to be at certain times of month like mentally has has helped it's gotten rid of a lot of I don't know like just I don't know what I would call it because I think I didn't have postpartum depression I had some I'm just post- laughing because I'm like well I haven't gotten any rage texts from you <laughs> now after sorry didn't mean to out you right. no it's but, fine but I, I think you've been doing a lot better thanks thanks so much I know Jess would get rage texts for herself personally <laughs> and also for other people. So, it's not, okay. Not, that's not to say other people didn't get rage texts for themselves. <laughs> so you weren't the only one, I promise. Listen, you know what, though? Like, isn't it the, the true that, like, you, like, you lash out on the people closest to you because you feel yeah. the most comfortable with right. them? Right. And that's so, exactly you know what? what happened. It's just- it just means means that you're comfortable with me. Yeah, you look at me as like a sister. Yeah, so I can. So take for it. for <laughs> so I will tell everybody what you're talking about because <laughs> so I didn't I love have you. I didn't I love you too. I didn't have postpartum preeclampsia. I mean, I didn't. I had postpartum preeclampsia, but I didn't have postpartum depression per se. I had like postpartum rage I would say and I don't know if in our last episode we had a guest named Natalie who also had um preeclampsia and she called it the clampsy rage and oh. I don't know remember <gasps> oh my god she maybe that was linked rage. maybe that's what was going yeah, on I'm wondering I mean it really mm-hmm. my rage really spiked around the time that my hormones were trying to uh reset themselves at four months 
four months postpartum, but I wasn't really depressed. I would, if I was depressed, it was coming out in the form of rage. So I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's a thing, but I would Well, I think that's like, sorry to interrupt, but I think that's something really good to bring up because I think a lot of times people associate postpartum, um, side effects with like depression and they Mm -hmm. assume that like, Oh, well I'm not depressed. So I'm not feeling any postpartum symptoms. And it's like, there's so much more depression is just one of the things that could happen, but there's so many other things that come along with it. Like your hormones can do some like pretty crazy fucking things to you. Right. Like it's crazy. You're not the same person depending (laughs) on if your hormones are all balanced and like that happens for me at certain times of the month where I'm like, la la la, like I'm floating on cloud nine because my hormones are balanced and they're great. But then other times of the month, I'll just have like this huge drop. And sometimes I can feel it in the exact moment that it happens. And I'll text like Jess and Tiffany and Amanda and Kate and I'll be like, oh, just felt my hormones drop. I guess, you know, the period's (laughs) coming in a few days. Uh (laughs) But and that also is kind of like a subtle warning, like, hey, you know, I don't know, but a rage text could come through sometime <laughs> in the next couple of days. <laughs> but I was thinking about this and if I was going to talk about like any of the exact examples of like rage, but I think like one thing I would get so sensitive if like people didn't text to check in on me postpartum. Mm-hmm. I ha- I was lucky in that my, um, the company that I am working for or was working for, um, had six months. What is it called? <laughs> maternity, maternity, <laughs> maternity leave. leave. Yes. Yeah. So the company I was working for had six months of maternity leave and that was amazing. But also I was by myself with the baby for six months mm-hmm. and everyone else in my life was working because they don't just have six months of vacation time, which it's not vacation. You're taking care of your child. Yeah. <laughs> You're very busy. But also I had no one else with me and I lived 45 minutes away from immediate family and Jessica lives across the country and yada, yada. So <laughs> I was by myself. And so the people who, you know, had time while I was pregnant, were now busy with work and I would send them rage texts like I haven't seen you you're not inviting us to such and such and (laughs) even though they did invite but their text never went through or whatever they would get rage texts and it was inappropriate and then I would rage text Jessica about I don't even know what but I think it's true I was texting the women specifically in my life who I loved the most. Yeah. <laughs> and like, if my grandmother wasn't getting a text, it's because she's 80, 80 something. <laughs> I won't share you exactly how old <laughs> I spared her knowing how old she was, but that doesn't mean that when, when, when we were in person, she, she wasn't some- getting an earful. <laughs> right. Cause sometimes she would get an earful because I would be scared. She was going to do something that would hurt herself or something. And I would get really mad at her about it. But that was the only time she would get my rage and it wasn't in a text, <laughs> but I would rage at the people who I love the most. And it's truly, it was just my hormones taking over. And in those mm-hmm. times, I wish I knew what I knew now because I just would take a moment and not say a word. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. And sometimes it's the best. It's like, just give yourself a minute, mm-hmm. you know, just give yourself a minute and like, 
think about it. And it's, it's really hard because it's like, you're truly not thinking clearly in those Mm -hmm. moments. You're not, it's like what you're feeling is very real, you know, to you in that moment. And to be told to fucking calm down or it's your hormones, that 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 does not help in those situations. (laughs) Like you just see red, you're like, fuck you, calm down, leave me alone, you know? So, I mean, yeah, I think like, you know, really reading up on hormones ahead of time and Mm -hmm. really like getting in in tuned with your body and understanding, you know, um, a little bit more about how, how you respond, Mm -hmm. you know, when your hormones adjust and stuff, um, could be very helpful, um, and something to be mindful of, Mm -hmm. you know, especially postpartum. Right. Um, So that way you just, you know, like you, like, you're like, I know that I'm going to feel this kind of way on this date. And so I'm not going to make all these plans for this date. Mm -hmm. I'm going to choose to have it be a low key weekend or whatever. You know, if you can kind of make accommodations for it, Mm -hmm. you know, absolutely. And just listen to your body and, Mm -hmm. and just know that it's okay. And it's normal. And you're going to be okay. And you're going to get through it. This, this conversation is actually a whole thing and it's called cycle syncing. And it's all about living according to your hormones and, also trying to balance them. Uh, so I think we need to do an episode on something Absolutely. like that because it's fascinating. It's so interesting to talk about. But anyways, yeah. that is that was my postpartum hormone story. Did you have, mm-hmm. I don't think you really had a whole lot of like mood swings or if you did, you didn't I let didn't me know. really, yeah, no, I didn't really um, have a lot of like crazy. Oh, one thing that I, I did think too, um, that they, I feel like people don't talk about is, you know, during pregnancy, I was craving all this bad shit, right? Like all Mm -hmm. this bad food, like French fries and anything greasy and salty. Like I just had to have Mm -hmm. it. And so I think I thought that like when, once I had the baby that like, (laughs) It, that would all go away no like if it anything stays. it was worse yeah like, i like want mm-hmm. more shit and i'm like come on like it's just <laughs> it bad like it it was it was bad for a while so right. um that was another thing that i thought would just fix itself and it, it didn't and it's still an ongoing struggle and now i'm realizing it's just kid tendencies and i can't really blame it on <laughs> baby shit anymore i think it's just just i'm just born this way (laughs) well yeah I think both of us like are the kind of people who kind of live to eat because we like the (laughs) taste of food we're not the people who only eat to live we've just never been those people but I think in the past before baby we've both always been able to come back and kind of balance it out a little bit and it just became a lot harder just just not bouncing back like it used to. No. That's all I'm going to say. It's like the craving that never ends. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. The food craving we that never need, ends. We just need this podcast to take off so I can afford to, like, give myself a mommy makeover. And <laughs> then I'll be good to go. <laughs> I'm so scared to go under the knife again. I think I would rather just have somebody lock me in a room with no food. <laughs> just give me a jug of water. Just lock me in a room with no food. Yeah, give me some weights. Yeah, but if you if you go to sleep though, it's Mm -hmm. like eat what you want, have them put you to sleep, and then when you wake up, like you have this banging body, Mm -hmm. and you know you're great. Versus like you're in a room with a jug of water, and like Mm -hmm. you were living through that, and like you're alive (laughs) for it, you're having to experience it. But yeah, you're having to experience (laughs) it, and you like know it sucks. Whereas like if you're asleep, like just fucking 
cut out what you need to cut out. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just maybe I'll fly to Dallas so we can do the mommy makeover together, out. and I don't have to go through it <laughs> by myself. That'd be so good! Oh my god, the photos! If we could do a podcast live from the recovery room. <laughs> Mommy makeover is a little banged up right now, so but good. stay tuned. So good. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, <laughs> I think that wraps up our, our episode. So thank you guys for listening. Be sure to tune in next week. Um, we are uh, next week is the surrogacy chick, right? I forget her name. Yes, we have Jesse. Jesse, I'm like chick. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> But no, it's a really good one. There's, um, we're going to be learning a lot more about um, surrogacy and that whole thing. I know I have lots mm-hmm. of questions about that. So I'm looking forward to that episode. Follow, subscribe, rate and review. Tell a friend. We need all of your support so that way we can get our mommy makeovers. Yes, please support <laughs> our mommy makeovers and us and this podcast. For more info, you can check out our website at www.geriatricmamas.com. You can follow us on Instagram at geriatric underscore mamas, on Twitter at geriatric mamas, and follow our group page on Facebook called Geriatric Mamas. Go figure. And we also have a Facebook page called Geriatric Mamas. If you have a topic idea you'd like us to discuss, are interested in being a guest, or simply have a funny geriatric story to tell, you can submit your inquiry by going to our website and clicking on Be Our Guest. Bye-bye. Bye.